Welcome to the Worlds of Maybar audiobook podcast. This is the epilogue and final episode of Book One, The New Aleph. They let Sanchez go. They let him go. Seriously. Seated Aleph Shashi Sukla, sitting in this dim office deep in the basement of the World's Hall in Helison, sighed audibly. She cleared her throat before replying to former seated Negri. The message said, I was told to use best judgment and the absolute best course of action, as I saw it, was to allow Ta Sanchez to believe that he had established a semi-cordial, safe relationship with Dan. That puts me in a very useful position. Sukla put the report down and Negri cursed. He'd always been a bit ornery, as long as Sukla had known him. But dying and being brought back to life as an Aleph Wind Praveed had shortened his patience. Wearing jeans and a wrinkled shirt, he slouched in his chair. He was clearly angry that his best agent had decided to be clever and patient. Well, fine. So... Dan's soul offender roundup is coming along about as big a disaster as anyone would guess. She hasn't put out the list of Aleph's and government officials yet, has she? Not yet. Suka looked through another stack of notes of security paper. She's going to wait another few months for most of the courts to work through the offenders already gathered up. She's cooperating with us well enough, but I doubt she will when this phase two of hers goes into effect. Negri snorted. That will cause a war if we don't stop her. Of course, that does fall under the category of things we were planning for, I suppose. Do we know what Sanchez is doing? He's made an alliance with the Soyu cult, which could make things interesting, considering Detective Dan's close relationship with the Kaze cult. Eventually, the two groups will find out their new partners are talking to each other. It stands to reason that Sanchez will continue to find groups to ally with. Negri nodded such as this new dissenter group in Hemstock. Sukla's eyes narrowed as she found the notes on that group. It would normally be too insignificant to attract their attention, but this group had succeeded in smuggling over 80 people from Pan to Hale. The first odd thing, if the whole situation wasn't odd enough, was that one leader had then gone to Prometheus and another had returned to Pan, it was the latter that Negri was specifically asking about. Sukla tapped a finger absently against the notes as she spoke. I'm not sure it's a group yet. As soon as the girl returned to Pan... Oh, what's her name? Aramis Ferry, there it is. Her friend started publishing a zine that includes a section that talked about what Ferry did and about Ferry's odd philosophies. And almost immediately the zine is blowing up. This one? Negri held up a folded and stapled booklet of extra-thick blue security paper. On the front, in an artistic script popular right now in Pan, was the word Echo. He flipped through it. It doesn't have Fairy's name anywhere. It just refers to some group called Echelon. Sukla nodded. That's the alias. She refers to Fairy as if she's a group, not a person. But reproductions of that zine are showing up everywhere. Even in Prometheus and Hale. Negri tossed the zine and the heavy paper flopped onto the desk. Most of that sounds fine, 
but I'm not sure about it showing up off-world. Prometheus has never had notable sedition elements, not like Pan does. And who was that Aleph they were working with? Sukla shook her head. That's another thing. He's not an Aleph. He used a counterfeit key pen to trick the guards in Threshold. We looked at his monitoring station, and he has old-school straight augmentations, the kind that aren't allowed anymore. Maxed out. As far as we can tell, one of the managers did it. Negri looked at her. They said together, Ursi. Sukla nodded. We don't yet know what she's up to, but we're keeping an eye on him. He's bonded to a water and has a very interesting wasted condition that could make him useful, especially with one of our immediate problems. Unless he's working with that dissenter group to raise restlessness in Prometheus. I don't like it. Sukla sorted her notes in front of her. I'm not sure he's involved with them anymore. Either way, we have plenty of leverage when it comes time to deal with him. Considering he's technically a Pravid who returned to his homeworld, and who impersonated an Aleph, I'm waiting until my contact can talk with him. When will that be? Soon. Negri drummed his fingers on the table, his eyes on the wall as he considered all this. He held out a hand and counted off the issues. Okay, first thing, Detective Dan. I looked at the numbers for her soul offender roundup, but I can't make any sense out of it. Lots of people being arrested, lots of people being killed. No one's sure how many are actual offenders. Uh, second, Ta Sanchez is gathering allies, probably to try to overthrow the assembly. Sukla nodded at him as he stared at her with wide eyes. He extended a third finger. Third, we have the girl in Pan with a friend writing about her adventures and her philosophies, who may or may not be forming a dissenter group, and who may be attracting attention worldwide, and may bar wide. Negri nodded. And last, we have a super strong kid in Prometheus with, uh, what was the wasted condition? He can smell and track murderers, like a dog can track a scent. Negri grimaced. Really? Sukla nodded. Negri threw up his hands. And a super strong kid in Prometheus who can hunt murderers, who may be connected to the dissenter group, but may not. And who may be useful to us? Sukla squinted an eye. That's about it. Oh, and it looks like the kid, Stevens, is currently trying to find his own murderer. I forgot to mention that the ADC is interested in him because they've been unable to find the perpetrator themselves. The Gammies can't find someone? Interesting. That makes them 0 for 2, considering Sanchez. The killer can hear subvocalizations, which makes it difficult to sneak up on him. He's very careful and very clever. Clee Stevens can catch the guy. It will further prove his potential usefulness. But he doesn't actually factor into our plans for Detective Dan. Neither does Toss Sanchez, if we're careful. Sukla went over the points in her head. Everything was going along like it usually did. Dan was dividing people, igniting anger in both the people who agreed with her and with those who disagreed with her. Ta interference or not, the assembly only needed to wait for a rival group, possibly led by Ferry or the Soyu, to gather enough followers. 
Then the assembly would send in gammies or auditors to accelerate matters, then blame Dan and watch a bloody civil war unfold. Then after a decade of Pan being ruled by the young, angry people who rose to power, the people would come to terms with how difficult the job actually was, and the assembly would move experienced leaders into the system and rapidly reestablish order and normalcy. Pan was the high-maintenance world, the temperamental, creative, passionate, and angry world. It needed these cycles every 150 years. Everything should carry on the way it always does. Negri scratched under his bearded chin as he continued staring at the wall. Unless Ursi is sabotaging things, there are too many coincidences. I think she let Sanchez out, and I think she is using him to do something. Sukla's shoulders drooped. To do what? She's already restricted our powers more than we ever thought a manager could. She's the only one we can't control. And she may hate us, but she at least seems intent on doing her job. Maybe that's all it is, Negri smirked. Maybe she just wants to be a mischievous spirit and make our lives miserable for us. Sukla looked down at her hands and at the papers on her desk. He was right. There were too many coincidences. Still, she was confident that a full purge of Pan's political atmosphere was due, and that Dan was a perfect agent to bring it about. Sukla looked up at Negri. I think we need more direct manipulation of the situation. Negri nodded. Who should we send? People we trust. Negri returned to staring at the wall. If I had just... You know it's frustrating that all of this started because Soma's family was accidentally deleted. Why can't we just accidentally delete Sanchez? Because he's Ta. Chain of authority is absolute. Negri grumbled. Chain of authority. Sukla gathered up her notes and put them in her bag to make ready to leave the office. She got up and made for the door but stopped to face straight at Negri. It's not going to get so bad that we have to raise Pan. Dan isn't worth that. Sanchez isn't worth that. Negri leaned back in his chair and folded his arms. The Davites still have the majority. I personally wouldn't put it past any of them to vote to annihilate the whole planet in order to free up Sanchez's seat. Sukla's expression fell. She could rationalize the situation as much as she wanted, but those that wanted to rule Maybar with a subtle and gentle hand were currently outnumbered in the assembly. If it wasn't for the two-thirds majority requirement for major decisions, everyone on Pan would currently be in mortal danger. If Sanchez makes things bad enough, they could get their two-thirds. You may not be able to kill Sanchez with a command written on a piece of DC paper, but if they blow up the whole planet, he will die. Sukla sighed and was surprised to feel her heart skip a beat. Apparently, she could still be disturbed by considering such things. Apparently, it took considering the prospect of her associates killing tens of millions and the tiniest mistake in Sukla's planning or unforeseen machinations on the parts of Ursi could lead to that very outcome. Sukla, a seated assembly member, 
one of the 22 highest-ranking living people in all of the cosmos, felt powerless and ignorant and tired, even with all the authority and influence to create and destroy lives and worlds and universes. She sighed and chose to shake the feeling off. She'd worry about it tomorrow. I'm going home. Thanks for listening, everybody. Remember, this may be the end of the book, but it is not the end of the story. I'm about three quarters done writing book two, so follow me on most of the things at A. William Wright, so you can keep up to date on the progress and know when the next book launches. And keep an eye out for when I launch the Kickstarter for the print version of the new Aleph. I'll also be releasing ebook versions and thumb drives with the entire podcast saved on them, so you can have access to it even in a zombie apocalypse. I hope you've all enjoyed listening to the story and are excited to hear the rest when it's ready. I am looking forward to sending you more good ear sounds in the not-too-distant future. Have a good one, everybody, and thanks again so much.